Hey everyone, we are back with our puzzled series. So tonight we're gonna hit week eight. I just wanna do a quick recap before we get started. Um, week one, we talked about the purpose in the puzzle, that every single one of our puzzling moments has a purpose and that we may see each individual puzzling piece, but there's a big picture that we're building towards. And then week two was all about perspective. What is our perspective? What is God's perspective? What is our story versus God's story? Two very different things, but understanding just how much that God loves us, just how much um, good that he thinks about us and has planned for us will change the way that we see our story. And then week three was about no excuses, that we don't excuse ourselves because of our puzzling moments, because of our perspective of those moments, that whether it was all our fault or whether it happened to us, that there's not an excuse, that God's grace is still the same and God's grace is still sufficient. Week four is this isn't it, that there's more to our story. And we talked about Moses and how it may have seen like a dead season out there in the desert, but that God wants to use all of us. But for God to use all of us, we have to surrender everything to him. And then week five, where are we looking? Are we looking to the problem or are we looking to Jesus? Week six, what are we hearing? Because what we hear determines what we say and what we say determines what we see and what we see determines how we respond. And then last week, week seven, who are we surrounded with? What kind of influence are we keeping? What kind of company are we keeping? And so this week, we're going into insecurity. And I know that seems kind of crazy because you might be thinking, well, how does, what does insecurity have to do with these puzzling moments? And I would like to say that the answer is everything. Insecurity has everything to do going into our puzzling moments, during our puzzling moments, and coming out of our in, uh, of those puzzling moments. Um, so many of our decisions and just even who we are is made out of insecurity. Maybe the insecurity that was that was put on us by someone else. Maybe it was how someone made us feel. Maybe it was words that were spoken over us. Maybe it was situations that we've walked through. But what I want you to understand is that every single person deals with insecurity. All of us have insecurities. We all face things. But the important thing with insecurity is that we deal with it, we find the root of it, and we replace that with the Word of God. I want to read the definition of insecurity because sometimes we think, some, I don't know, sometimes in our mind we just come up with something that um, is a picture of insecurity to us or maybe a person that represents insecurity to us. But I want to read the definition. Insecurity is something that is not firmly fixed. It's liable to break. It's subject to fear and doubt. A person lacking self-confidence a person not knowing their worth or value. That is the definition of insecurity. Not firmly fixed, liable to break. And so if we go back to what I said in the beginning, it's that so many of our decisions, decisions and sometimes the very person of who we are is made out of insecurities. And if we go back to that definition there, it says it's not firmly fixed and liable to break. So could it be that the very essence of who we are, that every decision that we're making could be being made on the basis and on the foundation of something that isn't firm? It's on the basis and foundation of something that could break. This weekend, Oren and I replaced our bridge and 
we had had this bridge. It's been in our place for a long time. It covers one of our big ditches that goes through our, our place. And we can't get from our house to our arena or out to where our cows are, out to feed our horses without going over this bridge. And you can go all the way around, clear out to the county line and around that way. But the, the quickest way is right here over this bridge. Well, a couple years ago, uh, there was a guy that took a water truck over it and, and fell through the bridge. Well, we had patched the bridge up um, to get us by because it's, it's kind of an expensive replacement to, to take it all out and, and redo everything. And then it's also, you know, getting it in the right season because you can't do it, obviously, why the, why the ditches flow in. And then it's got to be done at a time that the ground's not frozen. And so just the timing, the, the cost, the, the bridge has not been taken care of. And so we patched it together. Well, in the last year, this bridge has been super, super, super sketchy. It is not dependable. It is not reliable. At any given moment, this bridge could fall through. At any moment, this bridge could break. So we kind of have this path that if you stay to the very, very, very far right, like almost take off your mirror on the railing, you can get over this bridge. So we take the feed pickup out there to feed. We take it out there to water. But everything else that we can, we try to take through the ditch. I mean, we don't let our horses go over it anymore, nothing, just because it's faulty. It's not reliable. It is definitely not firm. It's something that can fall through at any given time. But this last year, it's been kind of pieced together. And when we were taking this bridge apart this weekend, Oren said, you know, I cannot believe we haven't fallen through this bridge. It is so faulty. It is so, it should have caused some some damage it could have messed up a vehicle it could have hurt somebody this thing is not solid whatsoever so now we've completely replaced it with a big water structure totally safe totally durable you can take animals over it pickups over it trailers over it whatever you need to take over it at this point but i'm going to come back to this example because this bridge was not firm because this bridge was not solid you had to be careful what could go over it. You had to be careful what you did because it could fall through at any time. And then we couldn't just fix it because the foundation was so weak it was not fixable. We had to take the whole thing out and replace it with something different. Okay, this is how insecurity works with our lives. That the insecurities that are on the inside of us, they're not dependable. They're not reliable. And they can break at any moment. If you've ever felt like you're in a situation where you're just at a breaking point, that I can break at any time, I can, things just break me. I can be pushed too far and just break. I can be put in a situation and just break. I can face something and just break. That's how these insecurities work. But so many times in our lives, we just want to patch up the insecurities. We just want to patch up those things and hope they last. But see, insecurity is a root and it has to be uprooted from that root and replaced with something else. It has to be replaced with the word of God, not just patched over, not just fixed because something, someone's going to get hurt in the process because it's not firm. It's not reliable. So God's will for us is to live secure, free of fear. We were created to feel safe. We were created to feel secure. We were created to feel confident. We were created to be bold and insecurity stills all of that. Insecurity pressures all of that. And so my question to start here, just so you kind of can have some things running in your mind, and this is going to be part of your challenge at the end, 
But one, what insecurities run deep in your life? What insecurities do you deal with? There could be insecurities about our past and where we came from. Because I walked through this, because I faced this, because this is where I come from, because this is who I am, because this is who my family is, it causes an insecurity on the inside of us. It causes a lack of confidence on the inside of us. Maybe it's our appearance. Appearance is huge when it comes to insecurity. I'm not as skinny as they are. I'm not as fit as they are. I can't diet like them. I don't look like them. I have a weird shape. My skin doesn't tan. My skin isn't tan as them. I have freckles. I don't have freckles. My hair doesn't grow like I'd like it to. I don't have long hair. Maybe it's I don't have short hair. Maybe it's our face shape. Maybe it's our eyes. Maybe it's our eye color. Maybe it's how our eyebrows grow. Maybe you fill in the blank. Appearance is huge. Maybe we're, there's insecurities about where we work. Maybe it's we're insecurities about the job that we hold. Maybe it's insecurity about the life that we're living. Maybe it's insecurity about our family. Maybe it's where we live. Maybe it's our financial situation. Maybe it could be, I don't like my voice. I don't like how I laugh. I don't like... We have so many insecurities that we deal with constantly. What are those insecurities? What are those insecurities that you deal with? I would encourage you to note those down. And this is, this is again, something that we so often want to patch over. But guys, I cannot express enough. Insecurity is a dangerous, dangerous place. Because it keeps us in a place that we're faulty. It keeps us in a place that we're not firm. And it keeps us relying on things that are liable to break. And so part of our class is to, to dig deep and, and self-reflect. And this is part of it is that what are the insecurities that we deal with? I want to pinpoint those and I want to beat those. Insecurity is basing our worth and our value on what people say and on what people think over what God says who you are. And I want us to kind of see that as the baseline of insecurity is really it comes down to a fear of man over a fear of God or a reverence of God, if you will, that I'm more concerned about what people think about me. I'm more concerned about what people say about me than I am in just being who God says I am. And I'm just being content in who God created me to be. And we're going to look at a few stories here in just a second, but it's possible that we can completely beat and disarm insecurity in our life by just believing what God says about us. It seems simple, but I want to show you just how big insecurity is. It's really a longing to be approved, a longing to be accepted, a longing to be wanted, to be needed, to be valued, to be important, to be noticed, and to be admired. See, insecurity is an internal battle that we face, but it has external results. It has external results. It's an internal battle that we fight, but it has external results. Okay, it's internal. That's what I want us to catch here. All right, and then with insecurity, the other thing with insecurity is that it's internal, but we respond externally. And here's some way that insecurity makes us respond. Insecurity can make us give in to temptation that we would have never given into. Insecurity causes us to change who we are. In high school, my mom used to say, Shell, some people are just like water. 
They just change to whatever container that they're put in. And insecurity will make us do that. When we're around one group of people, we're one way and we have one set of interests. When we're around another group of people, we're another way. When we're around another group of people, we're another way. When we're around, and depending on the environment we're in, that that so much of how we talk, how we communicate, how we respond, that when we're allowed a, when we're around a, a negative group of people, sometimes we start talking negative. When we're around gossip, we start gossiping. When we're around uh, maybe a, a critical or a coarse jesting or sarcastic group, then we'll catch ourselves getting sarcastic. Maybe it completely changes your persona, your interests, your well, I, I can't be interested in that because people think it's weird. I can't be interested in that thing because people don't approve of it. And we are so concerned as people about what everybody else thinks. Um, another way that, that insecurity causes a response in our life is that we try to control the situation. That I don't want to lose control of the situation as long as I have control over this situation and control over how it plays out and control over how it goes then I feel secure. I can't just let it happen. I can't just let it. I have to have control. Maybe it's a control over people and the decisions that they make because they affect you. Maybe we change our dreams and who we want to be. Insecurity also causes us to justify our response. It causes us to justify what we're doing. It causes us to justify our actions. It's always justified. Insecurity causes us to be judgmental or critical towards other people. Insecurity gives way to pride. Insecurity makes us talk down other people so that we can feel better about ourselves. Insecure people always have to have an opinion. Insecurity causes manipulation in our lives. And insecurity causes blame. We blame people around us. We blame our past. We blame what we're going through. For everything, we never take responsibility. So what I want to do really quick, well, I want to read a scripture and then we're going to get there. Um, in Ephesians 4.14, it says that you should no longer be as children tossed to and fro by the waves. And insecurity causes us to be tossed to and fro. When we're around one group of people, we're one way. Another group of people, we're another way. With our husband, we're one way. With our kids, we're one way. And it's exhausting. And if we would all be honest with ourselves right now and go, insecurity is exhausting. Living up to everybody's expectations is exhausting. Doing what I think everybody wants me to do and responding how everybody wants me to respond, it's exhausting. Why? Because you were never created to be that way. You were never created to be these people. And so when we rely, okay, do you know how carefully I had to drive over that bridge? so carefully, so slow, so you got to the other side and it was like a sigh of relief, like, whew, we made it. We made it to the other side. But you almost felt like, ah, you cringe, like your, 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 your fists are gripped around the steering wheel and you're white knuckled and you, it's exhausting to live in insecurity. Why? Because I'm trying to hold myself up on something that's not reliable, that's not stable, and that's not firmly fixed. And so now I've got to hold myself up and rely on this thing at the same time. I can never just cast my cares on God. I can never just let it all go. Because insecurity keeps us in this place. 
John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. And this is a scripture that I'm going to be relating back to. And I know it kind of seems off topic right now, but insecurity constantly steals, kills, and destroys in our life. And we're going to see that. All right, so I want to go back. The best place to start is where did insecurity even come from? So let's look over at Genesis 3. And we are going to look at 10 indicators that there's insecurity present in your life. And again, ladies, this is not something to patch over. This is not something to say, I'm dealing with that. I've dealt with that. Oh, I'll get over it eventually. No, this is something to say, I'm dealing with this insecurity and I want to fix it and I want to change it. I don't want to stay. I don't want it to steal from me anymore. I don't want to live exhausted anymore. I want to deal with this insecurity now. So let's look. 3 verse 1 and it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw... That the tree was desirable for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me of it, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? So the woman said, A serpent deceived me, and I ate. I want to stop there, and we're going to go back, and we're going to break this down. Number one. The first indicator that there's an insecurity in your life is that insecurity makes us feel like God is holding out on us, that he's keeping something from us, and it makes us question his word. See where this started here, Adam and Eve were secure. They had a perfect place to live. God had made them in their image, or in his image. They were made perfect. They had a perfect situation here. And the word of the enemy came in, and he said here in verse uh, 4, you will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So insecurity makes us feel like God's holding out on us, keeping something from us, and questioning God's word. Or God's word. As we go through this list, write down each of these points, but maybe highlight, check mark, circle the ones that maybe apply to you. Do you find yourself in a place that you question God's word? Do you find yourself in a place that the enemy can make you feel like God's holding back from me? God's holding out on me. God's keeping something from me. See, that's an insecurity that can be planted in our lives that we're not getting all that we have. I'm being held out on. I, I'm questioning God's word because I don't think he's coming through. I don't think he's been completely honest with me. Well, remember, Satan comes to still kill and destroy. And part of your challenge at the end of the night is you're going to go back through all of these insecurities and you're going to write down what was stolen. 
So what was stolen here, just as an example, trust was stolen. Faith in God was stolen. Number two, insecurity causes us to feel ashamed about how God created us. We try to cover it up. It keeps us from seeing ourselves the way God created us. We see ourselves as a result of of sin or things that we've walked through or what people have said about us. So number two, insecurity causes us to feel ashamed about how God created us. We want to cover it up. It keeps us from seeing ourselves the way God created us. Let's look at verse 7 right here. And it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Let's flip back to 127, or no, 225, sorry. And it says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So just a few verses earlier, they were naked and they were not ashamed. But as soon as insecurity set in, then it stole something from them. And it says that they were knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves a covering. So number two here, an indicator of insecurity is that I can't see myself the way God has created me because of the result of sin or because of the result of what I've walked through or because of the result of what people have said, because of a result of what I've experienced. I don't see myself that way. And instead of being able to just be vulnerable, instead of being able to just be real, I feel like I have to cover up. I have to cover it up because I feel ashamed. I have to cover up part of my story. I have to cover up part of who I am. It's insecurity. It's a lie from the enemy. God created you in his image. God created you. It says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God took delight in creating you. That you are whole and complete, lacking nothing. That you are created perfect. That he can't see you as a result of sin. He sees you as a result of the blood of his son. And that when we see ourselves any less, then it's insecurity set in in our hearts. And I would encourage you, Do not let the image that God created you be stolen. And don't spend your time trying to cover up part of who you're created to be, part of who you are, part of your story, and covering it up with whatever you can do to cover it up. So that's number two. Number three, insecurity keeps us from the presence of God because we feel unworthy. Insecurity keeps us from the presence of God. Let's look at verse 8. And it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. They hid themselves from the presence of God. Do you find yourself in a place where you feel like you have to hide from the presence? Do you find yourself in a place that, I want to grow with God, but I can only, I can only ever go so deep. I, I only find myself being able to go so close in my relationship with God because maybe it's, You don't feel like God can accept you. You don't feel like you're worthy enough. Maybe it's a place that you just feel shame over what you've done or what you've walked through. Maybe you're at a place that you're like, I don't even know. I I don't know how God could have a plan and a purpose for my life. Or maybe it's a place that insecurity has caused a control thing that I can't grow closer in the presence of God because I would lose control of my life. I would lose control of me. I would have to give that control over to God so I can only ever go so close. I can ever only go so deep. I can only grow so close in my relationship with God because it might it might make me lose control. It's insecurity. What's it stealing there? What's it stealing from you? Insecurity indicator number four. 
Insecurity will not take responsibility or receive correction. Insecurity brings pride. Insecurity is defensive. Insecurity always has somebody to blame. Always has. We don't have time in in our lesson today, but I would encourage you, go read about King Saul. King Saul was so insecure. It says that he was a big man. He was a mighty man, a person that we wouldn't see having insecurity issues. But he was so insecure that every time he was confronted, he had an excuse. Every time he was defended, he got defensive. There was this pride that came through. Why? Because of an insecurity. How do you receive correction? Do you take responsibility for your life and where you're at? Or is there always somebody to blame? People are always going to be in our story. People are always going to do things to us. Things are always going to happen. People are always going to say things. But see, we're without excuse because what people, people can't control us. People can't make us do anything. When we say they made me sad, they made me happy, they made me, you're given control and you're given influence to people that have no such thing. Nobody can make you do anything. Nobody can make you mad. You got mad. They can't make you mad. See, what people do to us isn't the thing. What happens to us isn't the thing. Our response is what matters. And insecurity will keep us in a place where we always play the victim. We're never the victor. We're never just, I take responsibility. See, insecurity keeps us from being humble. It says that God rejects the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Insecurity doesn't want you to be humble. Insecurity says I'm always right. Insecurity says I'm always justified. Insecurity says I always have a reason for what I did. Insecurity is always defensive. Insecurity cannot receive correction. And if we look back at our story here, God said, what'd you do? And Adam said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me and I ate. Adam blamed Eve. And then Eve said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Were they true statements? Yes, Eve did give Adam the apple. Did she shove it down his throat? No, the serpent didn't shove it down Eve's throat either. They had the choice to respond. It wasn't someone else's fault. So be careful with insecurity here. All right, number five. Insecurity brings discontentment internally even when nothing on the outside has changed. Insecurity brings discontentment internally, even though nothing else on the outside has changed. And here's how I want to explain this one, because I feel like this is a big one within all of us. How many of you ever, maybe maybe in high school or something, you saved up and maybe you got this really cool pair of shoes or, or a really cool pair of pants or whatever it might be, a really cool something. Maybe as an adult, you bought you bought a car and you're so happy with this car. You bought a horse and you're so happy with this horse. Or or maybe you bought a, um, you got accepted into a college and you're so excited about that college. Or you got a new job and or a promotion. You're so excited about that. And one word from somebody can steal the excitement from you. And now all of a sudden you're discontent with what you have. Did that car change? Did those pants change? Did those shoes change? Did your job change? No. No, nothing externally changed, but our internal discontentment did. See, insecurity causes us to be discontent internally, even though we could have just been perfectly content with what was going on. Adam and Eve had perfection. Adam and Eve were so content with who they are. 
Adam and Eve were content with how they looked. Adam and Eve were content with where they lived. Adam and Eve were content with their relationship with God. And insecurity stepped in and all of a sudden they're covering up how they look. They're hiding from the presence of God. And they're about to be removed from the place that they were meant to thrive. Why? Because insecurity steals contentment. Insecurity steals from us. And so this is a big indicator here. Do people have that much say? Do people have that much say? Are we constantly looking for the approval of others? See, insecurity makes us seek the approval of others that we could be so excited about something and just the lack of excitement from somebody can, can kill it on the inside of us. Is this a place where, where insecurity can steal from us? Is this a, a place where insecurity can steal from you? Number six, insecurity causes us to reach for what someone else has over what God has already given us. See, insecurity causes us to reach for the things that make me feel good in the moment. Insecurity causes us to reach for the things that, that make me feel good right now. See, Eve had access to absolutely every fruit in the garden. Eve had access to every tree of the garden. She had dominion. She had authority. She had position in the kingdom of God. See, Eve had everything she needed. Everything she needed for life and godliness. Eve had everything. But when insecurity set in, she reached for something that wasn't from God. It was actually contrary to the word of God. And she reached for it because it felt better in that moment. It made sense in that moment. And so is this an indicator that's true in our lives? What do we reach for in the moment to make ourselves feel good? Maybe it's things that you know, this is contrary to the word of God. I shouldn't be talking this way. But we do it anyway to please the people around us. I shouldn't be doing this. We do it anyway to please the people around us. I shouldn't be acting this way. We do it anyway to please the people around us. I never thought I would get here. I never thought I would be in this position making these decisions. I never thought it would go this far. I never thought it would get me here. But it pleased the people around us all the way here. Eve never thought she'd be in a place that she was separated from her God, kicked out of the place that she was meant to thrive. In a life filled with pain and suffering, see, God created them, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God created them in a place where they only knew good. They didn't need to know evil. Why? Because when we know evil and we play with sin, then it takes us to pain and it takes us to suffering. And God never designed us to be that way. God never designed us to experience those things. And so he wasn't keeping Adam and Eve from that just so that they wouldn't know evil. He was keeping them from that so that they wouldn't experience a lifestyle of pain. And so there's things that the Word of God is very clear about. The Word of God is very clear about gossip. The Word of God is very clear about lying. The Word of God is very clear about saving yourself from marriage. The Word of God is very clear about what you're watching, what you're listening to. The Word of God, it is clear in so many ways, the conduct of a Christian. But sometimes it's easier just to accept it. Sometimes it's easier just to back out of our standards a little bit and, and do what everybody else wants us to do. And so insecurity will cause us to reach. But if we go back to the very beginning, we said the bottom line of insecurity is the fear of 
man over the fear of God. It's longing to be approved and accepted and wanted. What is that? That God's already given me acceptance, but I'll trade it in and I'll reach for the acceptance of the world because that's where I'm at right now. I'll trade it in and I'll reach. Do we see how easy this is? Guys, this is a huge insecurity and it will cause us hurt. It will cause us pain. It will cause us to not be balanced on something firm. This is not firm. It will drown you. It will kill you. Satan comes to still to kill and destroy. And it will take you out. It will separate you from a relationship with God. Number seven. Insecurity takes us from where we were created to thrive to a lifestyle of frustration, heartache, pain, separation from God, and it holds us back from God's purpose. See, Adam and Eve were created to thrive in the garden. All of us were created to thrive in this garden picture of, of just a relationship with God, knowing who God created us to be, having dominion and authority over what he's, he's given us dominion and authority over. That's where they were created to be. But when in, insecurity came in, it separated them from that. It held them back from the purpose that God had for them. And I want to look at two more examples just real quick. We don't have to turn over there. I'm just going to uh, just briefly go over the story. But we remember Moses when he was at the burning bush and God said, I need you to go back to Egypt. See, this insecurity, Moses ended up overcoming it, but it could have kept him in a place that was separating him from the purpose of God because he said, no, I, I can't. I, I can't speak. I can't go back there. I can't. He gave a list of excuses. When God told Gideon, he said, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said, I'm hiding. I'm the least of the tribes. I'm the least of the people. I'm literally the least of the least of the least. Why are you calling me? The insecurity of Gideon could have kept him from a huge victory in his life. Could have kept him from a huge purpose that he had in his life. You look at Queen Esther. I mean, it can go on and on and on and on. That if we allow insecurity over what God says about us, that it will keep us from a place that God created us to thrive. Number eight. Insecurity causes us to be critical and judgmental of the purpose for the people around us. It causes us to be threatened by the people around us. Is this an indicator in your life? Do you feel threatened when someone shows up that maybe has some gifts and some talents? Do you feel threatened when people show up in your job? Threatened when people show up in your family? Do we find ourselves being jealous? Do we find ourselves being critical and judgmental? Being critical and judgmental of other people is a huge indicator of insecurity in ourselves. Because what we judge other people by, we're really judging ourselves by. We're trying to cover up what we have in order to, to point out things in, in other people's lives. Do we find ourselves being jealous? Are we jealous when our friends hang out with other friends? What's the root of that? It's maybe that I'm being replaced. It's maybe that I'm not wanted. Maybe I don't have as much to offer as they do. That's the real root. But that root springs and, and what comes forth from that is jealousy, bitterness, hate. We, we want to kill other people with our words. We want to put them down because what we see them offering 
just doesn't sit right with me. What we see them offering makes me feel threatened. A couple examples of that. I mean, we look at Cain and Abel in the Bible, and, and they both bought offerings before the Lord, and Cain just brought an offering. Abel brought his very best. And when they were when they were confronted, you know, God explained to Cain, he said, It's not, it's not that he's a better person than you. It's not, it's he's giving all, he's given everything. You didn't bring me your breast. You 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 just brought me whatever. And Cain could have had the option there to to get over it, but he killed his brother. And I wonder how many times that we're jealous of what other people have to offer. We're jealous of maybe someone else's relationship with God, someone else's influence, someone else's worship. We criticize them to the point that we put them down so much that we're we're killing them in our mind. I Another story is, you know, David and, and Michael, when David brings the Ark of the Covenant in, it says that he took off his, his king's clothes, he took off his robes, and that he danced before the Ark of the Lord. Why? Because he had a reverence and he had an honor for God. And it said that Michael was, was ashamed of him and that she confronted him when he came up. And, and he said, even more undignified than this. And I wonder maybe even on that scale, how many people have we criticized for their conviction, that we've criticized for their relationship with God? We criticize the people around us. Maybe we say, well, they're fake. I know what they're really like. That's not your business. Maybe we say it's an insecurity in ourselves. It was an insecurity in Michael and her worship that pointed out the insecurity or the, the fault in David. She's trying to create, create fault in someone else based on her own insecurities. And how many times do we try to create fault in ourselves to cover up our own insecurities? Because Michael's coming from a perspective that somehow she knows how to worship better. She knows how to worship in a more kingly manner. She knows how to go about this in a better way with poise. And, but it was the insecurity of her lack of worship that she confronted David about. Does our insecurity that we're trying to cover up in our lives cause us to be critical of someone else? Number nine, insecurity says your past will hold you back. Insecurity says that your past will hold you back. A lot of us have a past. A lot of us have walked through things. A lot of us have had a lot of puzzling moments in our life, and this is how this comes about. And and insecurity wants to keep us from ever thinking that there's more, that ever thinking that we'll get past this. Because we've allowed these things to label us, that my past... I can't possibly be all who God wants me to be because of what I walked through, because of what I've done. And see, that's not true. That's a lie. God has so much more in store from you than what your past could ever still see. Your past isn't strong enough to steal from the goodness of God. Your past isn't strong enough to outweigh the blood of Jesus on your behalf. What you've walked through, the labels that put on you are not strong enough to beat what the labels that were put on Jesus when he went to the cross. Insecurity wants to steal what Jesus did. Insecurity wants to steal the plans and the purpose that God put on the inside of you and he wants to give you every excuse why you can't. Don't let him have it. Don't let your past, don't let what you've walked through be an excuse. Number 10, insecurity causes us to see ourselves incapable of facing life's battles. Insecurity wants us 
to see ourselves incapable. When the 10 spies went and spied out the promised land, they said, there is the promises of God. They are there. God is absolutely telling us the truth, but there's giants and we are grasshoppers in their sight and in our own sight. What things in life have you faced? What things have you walked through that you go, I feel like a grasshopper in my own sight. I feel like the promises of God are there in what God's word. I don't question his word. His word's absolutely true, but I feel like a grasshopper compared to this thing I'm facing. I feel like a grasshopper. And so we stay short of the fullness of the promises of God because we feel like a grasshopper. So I would encourage you not to let insecurity make you feel incapable of facing the battles that are in front of you. I want to read something here. Let's look at Matthew 7, 24. Really quick. Our definition was that insecurity is, is unstable. Insecurity is liable to break. But we had said that insecurity is taking the word of man or the word of something over the word of God. Every insecurity that we could possibly have in life can be confronted with the word of God, can be replaced with the word of God. The Word of God is the only thing that's going to fix this. And here's this scripture. And it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and it was a great fall. It was a great fall. Insecurity wants us to have a great fall. Insecurity is not stable and it's going to keep us in a place that's shaky. It's going to keep us in a place that, that we, we could fall at any time. And when we face these puzzling moments, ladies, wouldn't it be nice to be standing on something that's firm, to be founded on something that's, that's solid, not be put on something like the sand, not be tossed back and forth to and fro by everything that we face, that everything we face, it, it makes us who we are. Everything we face changes what I believe. Everything I face changes how I feel about myself. Every person I talk to changes the way I see, changes the way I feel, changes the way I hear, changes the way I think. Why do we let people have so much control in our lives? Let's get back to a place where what the Word of God says is our final say. And there isn't an insecurity that I'm going to rely on. There isn't an insecurity that's going to control me. There isn't an insecurity that's going to tell me who I am, what I can accomplish, and what purpose God has for me. Because we're going to decide that from here forward, every insecurity in our life is going to be confronted with the Word of God. And it's not going to be patched over. It's not going to be covered up. Because we are professionals. We cover up our face. We cover up our body. We know how to cover things up. And we are no longer going to just cover up the goodness of God in our lives. We're no longer going to cover up the insecurities. But we're going to dig them up. And we're going to replace them with the word of God. Just like we dug that bridge up. It couldn't be patched. It was going to be fatal to something. Insecurity will be fatal to something if you continue to patch it instead of rooting it up. And replacing it with the Word of God. Root it up. Replace it with the Word of God. There's an answer for every insecurity in the Word of God. And I can't express in this class enough, if there was one theme to puzzling, it would be get in your Word. Hear your Word. Speak your Word. Think your Word. Look at your Word. Pray your Word. That would be the 
foundation of puzzling moments that if we would just get in the word of God, believe the word of God, walk in the word of God, hear the word of God more than we hear anything else. It would change the way we see. It would change the way we think. It would change the way we feel. It would change the way we respond. It would change the way that we do life if we would just get in the Word of God. Every insecurity has an answer. How does this go along with puzzling moments? Because how we respond before, during, and after every puzzling moment in our life can be related to the Word of God or it can be related to an insecurity. We'll respond according to the Word or we'll respond according to an insecurity. We'll allow our puzzling moments to label us with more insecurities or we'll allow our God to label us and respond according to His Word. What labels have put on you? What labels have put on you? I remember after my divorce, I felt like, man, now I'm just a divorced pastor's daughter. Like it couldn't get worse. I couldn't just be a divorced person. I had to be a divorced pastor's daughter. That was, that was not okay with me because that's your, that's your typical, that's what they tell you as a PK. Oh, they're the ones that grow up in the word of God and do everything opposite. And that was the hardest thing I feel like I had to walk through after that divorce was I was just the divorced pastor's daughter. And what people thought of me. And I would never be able to speak the word of God. And I would never be able to speak again. And it was always in my heart knowing I know that God's called me to speak. I know that God's called me to write. I know that God has put a a word on the inside of me. But I'm never going to be able to speak it. Because who's going to receive from a divorced pastor's daughter? Who's not going to sit there and wonder what she did wrong? What she did? She caused this. I got this divorcee speaking to me. And see, I had to confront that with the Word of God. I had to confront that with what God's Word said about me. The divorce didn't change the plans and the purposes that He had for my life. And I don't know what you've walked through that you've allowed to label you that it's trying to steal the purpose of God in your life, but I tell you it's a lie. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and God comes to give life. If it's stealing and killing and destroying from the life that God's put on the inside of you, then it's not from God, it's from the enemy. So your challenge this week, one, go back through this list. Find out what's being stolen from every single one of them. The second part of this challenge is you write down your insecurities. Write down what you struggle with. Maybe you don't know the root of it. Maybe you say, well, I just get jealous when my husband is around other women. I get jealous when, okay, what's the root of that insecurity? I'll just use this as an example. That if that's something you feel, that if it's it's a jealousy issue, then maybe you feel insignificant. You feel not worthy. You feel not valued. You feel replaced. Change that in the Word of God. Change that in the Word of God. So every single insecurity that you write down on your list, put it on your puzzle piece that you have. Every insecurity, put it on the back of that puzzling or puzzle piece so that we can wrap this class up. But put it on there. Write it down. And replace it with the Word of God. Do not cover it up. I cannot emphasize enough. Do not patch it. Do not cover it up. Do not hide it. Replace it with the Word of God. Replace it with the Word of God. Ladies, I've had so much fun in this study so far. I'm excited to keep going a few more weeks with you. That wraps up week eight. Next week, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about the power of our thoughts. We're going to be talking about renewing our minds. And in these puzzling moments, how important what we think How important what we're thinking on, how important what we're meditating on is going to change the way that we respond and how we we 
come out of these puzzling moments or even go into these puzzling moments. Our mind is so important. We've talked about what we're looking at. We've talked about what we're hearing. We've talked about who we're surrounding ourselves with. We've talked about the insecurities, this internal battle on the inside of us. And next week, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about what we're thinking. What we're thinking. We took a few weeks and talked about the external things in our what we're looking at, what we're hearing, who we're surrounded with, and now we're moving internal. Internal with, with what's going on with our insecurities and internal and what's going on with our minds. So we'll be back next week with what's going on in your mind. Don't forget your challenge. Ladies, press into the word. Have an amazing week. I love you all. And I will talk to you next week.